No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we welcome you to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Drew Mendel, here to discuss another Winnipeg Jets overtime victory. Yet, Mr. Ginsberg, I would describe it for the second consecutive victory as an uninspiring result. Ugly. The Jets get the win. They do so in overtime, but much like they did on Friday night in Chicago, there was probably more to be concerned about, particularly in periods two and three, than there is more to be excited about. But that said, two points tonight still, two points on Friday night. You'll take the four-point weekend. You won't apologize for it. But there's still some red flags that need to be addressed in the course of discussing the victory. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the things that we were saying on Friday night after the Jets-Hawks game... Fri- this is replay well, Friday's post-game show. Well, and this was almost uglier, right? And it's against uh, a, a team that obviously has more talent than the Blackhawks. But, I mean, the third period, the Jets had one high-danger scoring chance, and the second period wasn't very good either, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, Connor Hellebuck, for me, was by far the first star in this game. I mean, obviously, we'll get into the Matthias Michelli chance and then he made a, a second save on Lawson Krause was was almost as impressive right so yeah uh Hellebuck was excellent I mean he made the save early in overtime on Sean Dersey right and then it's unfortunate for the Coyotes right like that's a tale of their season Sean Dersey and it was Nick Schmaltz they collide and then the Jets go back down the ice on a three-on-one and who else Kyle Connor scores his second overtime winner in, in as many games right so I mean, the first period you got to like. The Jets get out to the 3-1 lead and score, you know, a a power play goal. But, I mean, you just don't like the fact that, you know, the Jets were pretty listless for big chunks. Like, they went a long time between their third and fourth goals, right? They didn't score any goals in the last two periods. So, I mean, this is a win, yes, but you have to be concerned about the fact that, you know, they, they squandered that lead. And they were pretty lucky, I think, to come out of this game with two points. It, 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 it's just, it's a game where you have it in control. You're playing against an Arizona Coyotes team that is coming to this game, lost, what, 10 in a row, 11 in a row, whatever exactly it was. And it just seems like the Jets, to my, from my I, from my vantage point, Desi, it seems like the Jets thought, okay, we're up 3-1. We can stop skating now because the Coyotes are, are not going to battle back. And Coyotes, they get credit. They played hard, especially well down 3-1. They didn't lick their wounds and say, oh, woe is me. But And they battled back in the game. But the Jets gave them that opportunity to do so. They gave them the opportunity to get back into that game because as the game went on, the Coyotes got faster and the Jets got slower. They just seemed like they stopped skating. They, they thought... 3-1 after 20 minutes, well, the next 40 minutes are going to be a bit of a cakewalk. But every team in this league, especially a team that's in the middle of uh, a horrendous slide like the Coyotes are, they want to get out of that slide. They have pride. They don't want to continually have a losing, an L next to their, their name in the, in, in the win-loss column. They showed some pride. They showed some fight. The Jets were fortunate 
you know, that they squeaked away with that win. Because I'll be perfectly honest, as that third period was winding down and there were those two, uh, that's too close. Nobody wants to see our faces up close and personal like that, uh, Ezzy. But when those they had those two late face-offs in the Jets zone, I would not have been surprised where they both got, where they got shots on, bo- on both of those attempts. I would not have been surprised to see one of those shots uh, sneak past Connor Auerbach. Well, you mentioned the speed and it was really the aggressive and fast Coyotes forecheck, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we saw that pretty much for, you know, the majority of the third period, like the Jets were having trouble and it was a physical game, right? Like we'll get into it. There was obviously, you know, the Adam Lowry uh, Kessel ring fight after the, the delayed penalty. And, but it was, I mean, the Coyotes, you mentioned it, they're, they're a chippy team. They wanted to end this losing streak, Captain Obvious. I mean, it's already gone on long enough. The Coyotes are out of it. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I hate to break, you know, the, the Coyotes fans hearts, but they're, they're not making the playoffs. They're too far back. What, yeah, don't, that, 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 I don't think you're going to be too concerned about breaking all their hearts. I think I thought you were going to say Coy- Coyotes fans is an oxymoron, but yeah. I mean, I there's, there's a few hundred bad. of them. No, there's yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a few. There's, there's a couple fans. dozen. I mean, they, they support that team. Though, look, I don't want to denigrate any fans. You know, wherever you are, even if you're in a market that uh, is a smaller market or maybe a non-traditional market, you're as passionate and deserving as every other fan in this league. So, for those Coyotes fans that support this team, good on you, nonetheless. But you're right, Ezzy. This is just look. The 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 Coyotes deserved probably you know, even two points. So you, you tweeted it. I saw, or you X'd it, whatever the hell you want to call it. The deserve to win o meter right. on puck luck, on moneypuck.com had the Coyotes at what? 70% compared to the Jets. Yes. And, and really, you know, when you combine these last two games, again, a win is a win. We had the comment up. I forget who had it. It might've been Stu, but we had that comment up, but there are signs that you have to be concerned about not signs the, the way the jets have been playing you have to be a little bit concerned here because of the fact that they are having trouble beating teams that are well below them in the standings or just teams they should beat right like we've talked about this the jets have beat you know the best of the best in the nhl this year they've, they've also lost to the best of the best this year they yeah. have trouble with the dallas stars for example but the jets can beat good teams but i think you know, it's not goal scoring that's the problem. It's not the power play that's the problem right now. It's the defensive structure. And I'm not just talking about Nick Schmaltz's second goal, the tying goal, and we'll get into that. Nito Niederreiter, obviously, we talked about that aggressive Coyotes forecheck, right? First, it's Brendan Dillon, who who has trouble with the Coyotes forecheck. Mm-hmm. And then Nito Niederreiter, to me, just kind of, you know, it's just too little soft in the puck behind the yeah. net. He and then Nick body. Schmaltz... Right. And, and so, again, we're not going to pick on Nino Niederreiter here because the Jets were absolutely caved in. You remember the second period, uh, which which resulted in a goal because yeah. the Jets were hemmed in. And that was the Jets' top line that was hemmed in their own zone, right? So, yeah. look, the Coyotes give them full marks for the way they played. They're pests. They're, they're, they're a scrappy team. They're obviously, as we mentioned, they're not going to be a playoff team this year, but they're still trying to stay relevant. Right. Like, what are they going to do? There's way too much hockey left to be played that they're going to say, OK, well, you know, let's just be happy and, you know, we'll be in the Macklin Celebrini sweepstakes. They're not quite as bad as the Chicago Blackhawks, for example. Right. So they're still trying to at least stay within grasp of a playoff spot, whatever you want to call it. And they also wanted to end the losing streak. And Connor Ingram was solid. And, you know, they withstood the, you know, early, you know, two goal deficit. Um, but yeah, like. You know, I, I just don't like the way the Jets have looked defensively, and I, I don't like the lapses that they're having in their game. Obviously, Shifley, Connor, Velarde, 
they got the job done offensively tonight. Didn't love the fact that they were hemmed in their own zone. Play. Yeah, exactly. They were good on the power play yep. uh, with a couple goals, but you, you just don't like the fact that the Winnipeg Jets right now are having these lapses in their game, and there's just a lot of a lot of highs are high, lows are low type of hockey out there. Yeah, you know, this is a you know, last two games, maybe even you know longer than that. But I mean, the, I'm trying to think the last sort of. You know, the, obviously the first period tonight w- was very good for the Jets. So we don't want to, you know, gloss over that or say it wasn't because that first period they started right. You score three goals in a period, even if two of them come on the power play. I'm going to say you, you you played a good period. So the first period was really good. But the last period that the Jets really sort of dominated their opponent, probably the third period against Vancouver, which yep. would have been what, you know, I guess that's eight days ago now. So we know that this team can do it. And again, if you're winning, you know, winning ugly is a lot better than losing ugly. So again, that's well, good you know, teams win good ugly, teams right? Win ugly. They do. do. There's a lot. There's a lot of similarities between the way the Jets win these games and back in 27, 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. the quote unquote glory days when the Jets went to the West Conference Final, right? There's a lot of that. I agree with you, Drew. I mean, you're you're going to take an ugly win over an ugly loss, right? But the thing is, usually. That, that trans, translates into you're going to lose some of those games, especially we've talked about. You've got Dallas coming up. You've got Carolina right. coming up, right? You've you got good you teams coming up. You don't beat either of those two teams, and you're probably in tough against St. Louis on, on, on Tuesday. Uh, but you don't beat Dallas playing like they played tonight, and you don't beat... Uh, and you don't beat uh, Carolina playing like they played tonight. They're, those two teams are just too good uh, with the way they play hockey that the Jets need to bring that A game. They need to bring that game that they had in that third period against the Vancouver Canucks where they were where they were controlled the play. And it's been probably, you know, there were many games in that first half of the year that the Jets controlled the play. And that certainly has slipped as of late. But as we talked about on yesterday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show, that happens. We talked about that with Kenny Weeb yesterday on the show. It happens that teams, good teams, go through the doldrums. They go through stints, especially at this time of year, probably you know, uh, right up until the trade deadline or after the trade deadline when the stretch drive really begins in, er- in earnest, where teams have to muddle through games that they're not at their peak performance and still come away with victories. And that's what the Jets have done here. And that's what the Jets did on Friday. So again, way better than the alternative, but at the same time, there's still red flags that you don't necessarily like. You love Connor, Bellardi, Shifley on the power play. You don't love their performance at five on five for yet another game. And I know it's a bit of a broken record, and I know that we sound repetitive on this front, but it is something that is continues to be true. They, again, were not... They, if you can't control the game, top line against top line against the Arizona Coyotes, then there's there's something that that's a miss well, there again. Yeah, and I've got the comment up from from the bad shot, and and he's obviously talking about Vancouver. You mentioned the Jets beat Vancouver recently, yeah, and they've won six of their last seven. It's not that we're not saying that the we're happy that the Jets won, or that we're, we're not. It's not that. And like, look, we've been doing this show. We don't sugarcoat. If you're coming here and and you're expecting us to to say that this was an awesome victory, then you've obviously joined the wrong show. It was a great night. Um, it's a Wasak, great result. By the way, hearing hearing the national anthem, we should mention that hearing the national anthem in Cree, that was awesome. I mean, everything about that 
um, Wasak Knight was, was awesome. But the thing is, you can't be happy when you, if you watch this game, forget the analytics. And we already talked about the analytics. The Jets' possession was awful in the second and third period. The Coyotes controlled possession. Go to natural stat trick. You can check it out. We're not talking about that. Just watching the game, the Coyotes controlled the pace of play and the, the Coyotes had the puck in the Jets and more than the Jets had the puck in the Coyotes end for the last two periods. And yes, the Jets get the two points, but we're talking about a a pretty bad team. The Coyotes are not a very good team. The Mm -hmm. expectations, the Jets are a good team. So we're not saying that the Jets aren't a good team. The expectations for this team are higher now. The Jets aren't just a wild card team like they were last year. This is a Jets team that went out and they acquired Sean Monaghan and they have aspirations of going on a long Stanley Cup playoff run. And yes, I mean, you're going to have bad games, but you know, you mentioned the the five-game losing streak after the player all-star break. I mean, the Jets are not playing at their peak, and they haven't been for some time. I would say they haven't been for 10 to 12 games now. So that's what we're talking about here. We're not going to just sugarcoat this and say that this is, you know, uh, a, a clean Jets win because it was a little bit ugly. The result is beautiful from the perspective of Jets fans. Two win, two points. A win in the in the in the win column. You're still the top team, uh, you know, percentage wise, points percentage wise in the Western Conference. That's all beautiful, but the process has not been uh, what the process needs to be over the last couple of victories, especially this weekend. You had two, and, and, and to, you know, and you know, so you don't love the process, but at the same time, you got the four points. So you did what you needed to do. You don't necessarily love how you got to the end, but you did what you needed to do. And now the Jets need to find a way to improve upon that process, better their performance, which won't necessarily translate, by the way, into a win against St. Louis or into a win against Dallas or into a win against Carolina. But I can guarantee you that if the process doesn't improve, it will translate into a loss against those better teams. And that's all we're trying to say is that the process and the top line for the Jets, and it's worth mentioning, of course, that Sean Monaghan was not in the Jets lineup tonight due to illness. He's under the weather. You would assume or you would hope that he'd be able to be back for Tuesday's game against St. Louis. Time will tell on that part. But you do need to, the Jets themselves will say, we need to be better as we step up in our level of competition against a couple good teams this week and a team in St. Louis that is fighting tooth and nail to be in a playoff position. Right. And we've got the comment up from Lee's, those listening on the podcast. She says, Ezra, the team doesn't need to be peak now. They need to be peak during the playoffs. Well, obviously, they need to be peak during the playoffs. That's when the games really matter. But what I'm saying is, why would you never, why would you ever want your team to not be playing peak? Like you want your, what I mean is like, they just didn't play that well tonight. I don't know. Like, let's, let's just say that, forget the word peak here for a second, but we're just talking about like the, the process and they didn't particularly look like they were dominant against the Chicago Blackhawks either. And again, you know, we're not trying to be negative Nelly here. We're not trying to be pessimistic. All we're saying is. You know, the Jets were pretty lucky to get out of this with the two points. The Coyotes could have won this game. You know, they had... regulation. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, Hellebuck had to make some really solid saves yeah. in the third period ju- and the the overtime when we, sure. you talk about Sean Dursey's chance, right? So, like, yeah. the, so that's what we're saying. We're not talking about... Uh, look, I think the Jets have all the pieces that they can go on a long playoff run. Can they maybe, you know, supplement the roster with one or two moves before the trade deadline? Sure. 
That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that wasn't that commanding a win. I'm not no. convinced, you know, that the Jets have necessarily, you know, turned this around, that they're going to go on a, you know, a six or seven game winning streak here because the games are only going to get tougher. The Jets have 16 games coming up in March. Like this, this is the key part of the season here. That's what I'm talking about. And these last two games have kind of just been, eh. Yeah, eh is a fairly good analysis, and I'm, you know, and that's just the reality of the situation is that they're good wins, but eh in terms of the the process to get to that point. Let's get into the nitty gritty details of the game. Start with a very active first period. Here is the bet gate, the betway. Pardon me, game recap. The Betway Game Recap. Betway Game Recap. Might as well start with the attendance number at tonight's game. It was a well-attended game, 14,324. So not quite a sellout in downtown Winnipeg, but uh, less than 1,000 tickets away from a uh, from a sellout, so that certainly is a good sign for the Winnipeg Jets and their bean counters and the accountants and everybody else along those lines. And the hometown crowd was able to cheer nice and early in tonight's game. Two minutes and six seconds into the first period, the Jets got the start that they wanted, the type of start that they needed. It's Mark Shifley with the assist going to Josh Morrissey, and this is just a very educated play by both of them. Morrissey with the very uh, deft dump in to manage to get it off of the end boards in such an angle that Shifley, who's coming downhill with a barrel load of speed, is able to pick up the ricochet and tuck it past Connor Ingram very early into the game. And the Jets have the lead that they want, Ezzy, by that one nothing margin. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you kind of nailed it there. It's, it's, you know, a, a fortuitous bounce, but Josh Morrissey knows what he's doing. I mean, these guys know the home boards, right? And Connor Ingram, to me, is just a little bit hesitant here. That's what stood out to me. Like, you know, good on Mark Shifley, um, you know, for being in the right spot and anticipating where the puck was going to go. But Connor, I mean, Connor Ingram's got to have this, right? Like, Connor Ingram kind of comes out, but he just hesitates a little bit. Um, and, you know, Shifley makes no mistake about it. So to me, you know, yes, great start, no doubt about it. Um, but you know, that's a stop that I think Connor Ingram has to make. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Just a little bit unsure. I mean, he's just I think recently this is this his first game back uh, for the Coyotes after having missed a number of games. I, I I'm not sure. He's had a good season though. He's had a very good season, and I think he was out of the lineup in this. I I think this was his first game back, but somebody can fact check me uh, in the uh, in the audience, and I won't uh, be insulted if you do so. Um, but yeah, I thought a little bit of hesitancy uh, on his part on this one, and the Jets again, they'll take advantage of it and they'll say thank you very much. I really like the play by Josh Morrissey and you can see the sort of uh, familiarity and the knowledge that uh, Morrissey and Shifley have together in sort of you know it doesn't look like a set play but those two guys know exactly where one another is going to be on that situation to allow that play to occur to give the Jets the early one nothing lead uh, the Coyotes tie just, it up one other thing Drew just watching the replay the other thing too is like you know, again, Shifley's a gifted goal scorer. I'm not saying necessarily that a one-on-one situation he has to make that save, but the puck is rolling, right? And, mm -hmm. like, again, Shifley is a sniper. I'm just saying, like, the hesitation, and Ingram does get a piece of it. Um, so that's all I'm saying. I mean, I just thought that, you know, that was 
you know, one that he definitely would, you know, the quote unquote, he'd like to get have back. Hear you loud and clear on that one. The Coyotes tie it up uh, a little more than 10 minutes later at the 1345 mark of the second or the first period. Pardon me. It's a power play goal. Nick Schmaltz, a guy I like. He's having a nice year in Arizona. He's up to uh, uh, 16 goals after his two-goal performance tonight. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, this is one's his 15th assisted Dylan Gunther and and uh, Jason Zucker. This coming on the power play. Uh, you know, the jet, who's in the box for the Jets here? This is uh, uh, Nick Nito Niederreiter's in the box after he interferes with Connor Ingram. And then there's the fight uh, between Lowry uh, and Kesselring that sort of is all part of the sort of same sequence of events. But on the power play, it's the rebound uh, off of the uh, off of the Gunther shot that gives the uh, that uh, allows Nick Schmaltz to tie to uh, tie the game. Uh, you know, Vlad Nemesnikov is there. He's just not quite able to get his stick on the loose puck after the nice save by Connor Hellebuck. And Schmaltz is a big man in a big man area, and he ties the game up at one. Yeah, uh, can't really add much there. It was a, you know a quick power play goal, and that's what you want to do if you're the Coyotes. You want to respond right away and. You know, Nick Schmaltz, you mentioned he's having a good year. He's been the subject of trade rumors, even, you know, some uh, questions about whether, whether the, the Jets would be interested. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, I would have interest in him. You know, I don't know that it's that it's necessarily that Arizona's a team that's necessarily going to be full-on uh, selling. You know, this is a team that's still trying to sort of find its way. Not that they're going to be a playoff team uh, this year, but this is a team that's going to try and... They need more talent rather than less talent. And Schmaltz, at 28 years old, and still with two more years on his contract, probably is a building block or at least a way to insulate some of that young talent with a good veteran forward. So I'd be surprised if they were to move him at the deadline. But if he was on the block, I would think uh, a lot of teams would be would have interest in him. Yeah, I have no idea if they're going to move him, I'll be honest. But yeah, I mean, this was just him jumping on a rebound. And, you know, like I said, I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to take advantage of your power play and, and tie this game up. Unfortunately for them, uh, they got into some penalty trouble. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't the J.J. Moser penalty that bothered me. The Dylan Gunther uh, trip or interference, whatever it was on Dylan DeMello, that was just a, a lazy penalty. Yeah, and you, and you, it's getting to be, at least in recent, in the last, you know, half a dozen games, maybe not quite that many, but four or five games this week, certainly, that taking penalties against the Winnipeg Jets is going to cost you. And it might cost you a goal a game, or it might cost you two goals a game, as it did tonight. The Jets quickly get the lead back exactly one minute later. It's Kyle Connor, his 22nd of the season, assist to Gabe Velarde and Mark Shifley. And it's amazing what this Jets power play now looks like, running it through Gabe Velarde at the side of the net there. He is such a weapon for the Winnipeg Jets, and it's very much a pick your poison for your opponent. In this instance, they decide that they're not going to let Velarde beat them, but he finds Kyle Connor, and Kyle Connor absolutely rips one uh, past Connor Ingram. It's just, you know, Kyle Connor is such an adept goal scorer, and Gabe Velarde is such a threat down low, never mind Shifley, never mind, uh, never mind Sean Monahan when he's healthy in the bumper spot. And the Jets are all too happy to take advantage of another team's penalties, and they make it 2-1 on this goal, as he. Yeah, and again, don't want to be negative Nelly, but to me, this is one that, you know, Connor Ingram would want to have back. I mean, Kyle Connor, this is not a, you know, 100-mile-per-hour one-timer. He doesn't get all of it here. 
just watch the replay, right? So this is one that I think Ingram would like to have. It was good puck movement, Drew. I agree with you. Uh, but again, it's just, you know, that's not that hard of a shot. And to me, Ingram, you know, comes out and challenges. He just doesn't make the save, right? So I agree with of, you, though. I was going to say it squeaks. looks like it squeaks almost between his arm and his body as he's trying to sort of close his arm on and it just finds a small gap there uh, that, that, you know, Kyle Connor is able to squeeze it through. I agree with you 100% when you mention, you know, the power play going through Velarde down low there, because obviously you have to, we'll talk about it in, on the next goal, but you have yeah. to worry about Velarde coming out and he's got great hands and he has the ability to, you know, do that kind of dipsy doodle type of stuff. Uh, so right now, Shifley, Velarde, Connor, and you mentioned when Monaghan is there, mm-hmm. that those are your four forwards down low. Obviously, Josh Morrissey is uh, not a guy that you expect to be the shooter, but he can distribute the puck and he can, you know, switch and, you know, do a lot of good things out there. But really it's those four players that have been responsible for how dynamic the Jets power, how how successful the Jets power play has been. Right. So just wanted to, you know, throw that out there. I like that. I like how decisive they're being. I love how the, how quick the puck movement is. I just didn't think that that was, you know, the most dangerous shot from Kyle Connor. But again, I mean, what do I know? I mean, this is a guy. This is a guy who's a goal scorer. So it's easy for me to say that. I, I just thought I would throw that out there. That I thought, you know, Ingram was a little shaky on the first two goals. You know, Josh Morrissey uh, doesn't get an assist on this goal, but he does get an assist on the Jets' next power play goal, which comes a minute and uh, forty-nine seconds later. So two goals in a minute forty-nine, both of them power play goals. And you're, to your point, Desi, this is not a very good one by Dylan Gunther. It's a lazy interference call, and it bites the Coyotes in the behind. It's Gabe Velarde. It's his sixteenth of the year. Assist to Shifley. Assist to Morrissey. And much like my back, it, this is silky smooth from Gabe Velarde, the way he's able to use his hands in tight to beat Connor Ingram. Did you say it's your a, back? Yeah, much like my back, it's silky smooth. Okay. You know, I, there you go. I, th- I thought I'd throw a little humor into this show every now and then. I don't want everyone thinking it's so dour or it's so serious or we're not allowed to have a little fun on this Sunday night. So I thought I'd give you a little reference to my back. I just wasn't sure what you were talking about there when you said back. I, I guess you've narrated it recently. Well, I really haven't, but I, I, you know, as far as I know, it's silky smooth. I mean, for me, it feels silky smooth. I'll have to ask Laura what her thoughts are, but I don't think anybody else really cares that much about it. Uh, nonetheless, it's a beautiful goal by Gabe Velarde, and it's also not necessarily because it's a shot, but it's a nice play. It's our Seagram's shot of the game. The Seagram's shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Whatever you are drinking, whenever you are having a sip or two, one, do it responsibly, and two, consider choosing one of the great Seagram's products, perhaps like our friendly neighborhood fireball that we have on display here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Also going to be some great shots happening in the Scotties final between Jen Jones, the incomplete incomparable Jen Jones going for a record seventh Scotty's title against Rachel Homan. I'll keep you up to date on what's happening on that as I've sort of maybe got an eye on it on the second screen here. They are onto skip stones in the fifth end and I'll let you know what happens at the end of this fifth end throughout the course of this post game show. A beautiful goal, goal though as he by Gabe Velarde and you can just see you know, the weapon that he's become at the side of the net on the Jets power play. You know, if you play passive, He 
he can you know stick handle in a phone booth and if you play aggressive he can find a, a shooter in, in a good spot and this time it was phone booth Velarde to make it 3-1 for the Jets right I mean like the puck movement is good here you know Morrissey Connor they're, they're doing their thing I mean this is all Gabe Velarde right he goes right he goes left uh, like you mentioned, he can stick handle in a phone booth. So to me, like that's what stands out on on this goal. Like Velarde is just having fun out there. Like he's just confident out there. That's what you're feeling. Like his celebration when when the guys came over, you know, to celebrate the goal. Like they're just having fun. They're just doing things now. The pressure is off, right? Like we talked about all of those games. What was it, six or seven games in a row where the Jets didn't have a power play goal, and now they're clicking. Basically, it's like you know they're scoring every every second power play they're out there right they've almost been 50 percent the last couple weeks so Gabe Velarde's just having a good time and you know we talked about it on the Saturday show you mentioned it he's arguably the Jets most dangerous player on the power play right and for years it was Shifley it was Connor obviously you know before years before it was you know Lion A and Bufflin but I mean Velarde has become basically the Jets secret weapon maybe not so much secret anymore but I mean just unbelievable moves um, you know, forehand, backhand, uh, and he basically, you know, undressed Connor Ingram on that play. Beautiful. Just uh, absolutely, you know, when you can see, you know, you sort of at some points in time when you watch this much hockey, as much as we all do, uh, you know, you begin to maybe take some of the skill for granted, you know, the 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 regular plays that we see so often that are actually incredible, but we don't fully appreciate, uh, you know, how incredible they are to be done at, at top speed. And then you see something like this from Velarde, and you know that so many of these players can do that with their eyes closed, but it is fun to see. Uh, and it's always, uh, you know, a good reminder of just the talent that is on display uh, night in and night out at this level. 3-1 for the Jets, a great first period for the Winnipeg Jets. Everything that you would have wanted to see from the Jets, you saw in this opening say one, period. I'll say one thing, though, Drew, in that first period. There was a terrible giveaway by Mark Shifley. I don't know if you remember that one. I, again, I'm not trying to be negative Nelly. I'm just saying, if you remember Shifley's giveaway, uh, I think it was Lawson Krause. He put it off the crossbar. Connor Hellebuck might have got a piece of it. But that was one thing that I didn't like in that first period. It was a you know fairly dominant period by the Jets, especially with those two power play goals. Um, but I mean, I'm just saying, uh, you know, there, these are things. And then you know that goal, ob- pardon me, that giveaway obviously didn't lead to a goal. But then when you get to the time goal, Nick Schmaltz, you know, need a writer. That's what I'm saying. I hate to steal it, or uh, you know, maybe I will steal one happily. A Drew Mandelism. The attention to detail was not there. That that's kind of what I'm saying here. That's what you don't like. Of course, you're happy with the win. I mean, that's a win is a win is a win, yeah. but it's 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 the process, and you know the coaches were not happy with the way the Jets played defensively. Offensively, you know, for the most part, I have no problem with the way the Jets played. But the hallmark of this team is defensive hockey and managing the puck and playing the right way and blah 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 blah. And there were just way too many turnovers in this game, and there was just too much loose defensive hockey for my liking. And you saw a lot of that loose defensive hockey starting in the second period. And in particular, it was on display uh, at the 6-11 mark of the second period in that entire shift where Matthias Michelli gets his 10th goal of the game, assist to Yuso Valimaki and, and Lawson Krause. And the Jets' top line was just hemmed in uh, you know, by this Coyotes line. And they just had the Jets you know, on on 
skates and not skates in the in the positive sense where the Jets were on their heels and just could not get the puck off of their stick. And you felt one of two things was going to happen in this sequence of events. Uh, you felt that it was either going to be uh, it was either going to be a Jets penalty or a Coyotes goal. And it ends up being the goal as Michelli is left alone at the side of the net. And it's a great pass by Valamaki, but you really just don't like the sequence at all for the Jets' top line getting hemmed in and having no response and no ability. Uh, you know, and this is not just the Jets' top forward line; it's also Demello and Morrissey out on the ice here. So the five, the best sort of five-man unit for the Jets, or one of the top, you know, five-man units for the Jets, just had no answer here, and the Coyotes cut the lead from three-one to three-two. Right, and we, we've talked about it, you know, in terms of the Jets being able to make a line change. They're playing so well that they're cycling the puck and they're hemming the opposition in. Well, this time it happens to them where the Coyotes make a line change. And Matias Michelli, I mean, this isn't this guy's been a good player for a while. I think, you know, a few years ago people didn't know his name. Right. This is a good player. And that's the thing with this Coyotes team. Like, you know, Logan Cooley, I don't even think he got a point in this game. Like, Logan Cooley is one of the best young players in the league right now. Like, this is a guy who, you know, scouts projected to be like a 70 to 80 point player, maybe even higher than that in the NHL. Barrett Hayton, you remember, he was a world junior hero for, for Team Canada, right? Like, yeah. Nick Schmaltz was a first round pick. Like, the Coyotes, even like we talked about this with the Chicago Blackhawks, like, even though these aren't very good teams and they're not going to make the playoffs, they have good players. And if you fall asleep, and I'm not saying maybe that's I shouldn't say that. I, I feel like that's too much of a cliche here. But you know, the Jets, it's the end of a shift. That this was too long of a shift for the Shifley line. There's no doubt about that. They were running out of their running around in their own zone. The Coyotes made a change. Lawson Krause uh just missed the net, but he stepped into a shot and then he gets the rebound. And the, the Coyotes are just absolutely controlling the puck. Like the the Jets are just flat-footed standing around. And they were in their zone for 45 to 55 seconds. I don't know exactly what it was. And you're absolutely right, Drew. Like, the Coyotes deserved to score a goal there. Like, they had complete control of the puck. The Jets couldn't do anything. And you're right. Top D pair, top line. Um, and that's obviously going to happen. I mean, they just because you're the top line uh, doesn't mean you're going to dominate every shift. But, you know, we talked about it uh, on yesterday morning show. And, and the Jets got the two power play goals with the first unit. But again, you look at the numbers at five on five, you know, the expected goals went in the, went the wrong way for the Shifley line. And, and, and so, you know, I, I know a lot of people are not going to want to hear this, but look, I want the Jets to win every single game. So let's get that out of here right off the bat. And it's not just because more people watch the post game show. I'm a Winnipegger. I like, I want the Jets to win, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, come on here and do the post game show and say that, you know, everything is sunshine and lollipops here. Yes, you got the win, sunshine but I think Connor Hellebuck, exactly. Rainbows, everything is wonderful. Do, 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 do. Be together. Sun, I like that. Da, 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 da. That's all I'm saying, Drew. I mean, you can, you can, you know, carry on here, but that's all I'm saying. I, I didn't like that shift. I didn't like that goal, but you saw more of that in the third period. And the thing is, you know, the Jets are going to end up finishing first, second, or third in the Central. We know that. They're going to be a top three team. They're going to make the playoffs. And what happens in the regular season at the end of the day is not going to matter. All that matters is that you get in. Maybe I'm being a little bit too existential here. But all I'm saying is that, you know, I, th I think these games do matter at this point in the season. These games matter more than anything because it's going to determine whether the Jets finish first in the Central and end up playing St. Louis or they finish second or third, and they're going to play one of Colorado or Dallas. 
So I think you want to start banking, you know, some points, which they are doing, but I think they're getting a little lucky here. And and they, they could have easily lost a point in Chicago and they could have easily lost a point tonight. Speaking of losing a point, Jen Jones was heavy on her draw at the end of the fifth end. It's a steal of one for Team Homan. 3-1 Rachel Homan as they head to the fifth end break here on the hog line violation curling show. Uh, Jen will have Hammer uh, heading into the sixth end. The, the Team Manitoba certainly could use a deuce as this game and a terrific Scotties gets down to the nitty-gritty final moments. Uh, I don't know if you watched yesterday's 1-2 uh, page playoff game between Jen and Rachel Homan, but the curling that was on display last night was just absolutely Absolutely exquisite. I do not uh, watch curling at all. You don't watch curling at all? No. I had a very, um, I had a very nice night last night. My wife went out. I was at home on a Saturday night for the first time in. I don't even remember the last time I was at home and I just sat back and I watched the curling and I had a beer and it was very enjoyable, I must say, because the nice. curling was fantastic and it was just sort of a very... I have watched curling before. I'm not trying to right. say I never have ever watched curling. I just... The modern day Ezra does not watch curling. You know what? It's funny. Sam, uh, my son, loves it, so he'll watch with me. You know, nice. he's hit or miss on the hockey games. He, you know, he always asks me what the score is in the game or what happened in the game the next day. But he'll sit there and be spellbound watching cur- watching curling with me. I'm not sure uh, where you know whose genetics those are, but well, it's whatever a great it is. sport. I mean, and the thing is, especially with Jennifer Jones announcing her retirement. I mean, this is huge. I, I think it's safe to say that regardless of what happens in this game, she's the GOAT. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's, my it's really who else well. is in the conversation? Sandra well, Schmerler, maybe? Well, it's only her and Colleen Jones are the only two people that, Jones, have won, yeah. that have won six Scotties. That's what. That's why this Scotties final is all that and more important. If Jen were to win it, so that would be her seventh Scotties. You know, does she still retire if she would come back as Team Canada next year? Because you'd get an automatic berth into the Scotties uh, for next year with a victory tonight. Anyways, it's fascinating curling. I saw a tweet just now from Kenny and Rennie saying they're not going to start the, the their post game show until after the curling ends. So that tells you where that a lot of people have Respect. their. Uh have their focus on the curling as well as here on the illegal curve post game show. We love all of you for joining us all more than 300 of you who are here watching the curling, watching the post game show, everything going on here on this very busy Sunday evening. And yes, to Frosty's to Frosty's comment, we have flipped the script. (laughs) I am negative Ezra and it's positive. True. It's like that episode of Seinfeld, the bizarro world, the bizarre world. legal curve. I, I saw you posted it on Instagram. You you posted a poll as to what did people think I was drinking, if this was absinthe or Gatorade or some other uh, solutions. Who won that poll, by the way? I didn't see the I didn't see the end result. I think it was like forty percent for absinthe. Ah, okay. I don't know. Can you drink absinthe just out of a bottle? I have like tried this? absinthe once. I'm not even okay. going to get into that right now, but I have <laughs> tried it. <laughs> that'll be for the. That'll be for an illegal curve after dark episode. It was literally season. like drinking like windshield washer fluid. Like it was so strong. Uh, I I took like a tiny little sip of it, but yeah, it was. Let's just say that I ended up sleeping on the street that night. <laughs> He's and he's probably being literal. He's not being figurative when he says that, folks. He literally was sleeping on the street that night. That's why he's R. Ezzy Ginsburg. Uh, 
3-2 after 40 minutes, and it doesn't take the Coyotes long in that third period to tie it up. Nick Schmaltz, his 16th, his second of the game, assist to Alex Kerfoot. Just a really bad breakdown uh, by you know Winnipeg Jets players that usually, by and large, are their most responsible defensively. Nino, Nino Niederreiter, Mason Appleton, Adam Lowry, they're on the ice for this. Brendan Dillon is on the ice for this with Josh Morrissey as well. And this is just soft by the Jets. And there's there been there haven't been a lot of goals against this year or plays in general where you would use the word soft. But I would say this is one of the few and far between. And as a result, Nick Schmaltz is all alone and he has enough time to make himself a sandwich and eventually deposits and pass Connor Hellebuck to tie it up at three goals apiece. Hopefully it was an illegal curve sandwich, but we Naturally. you know, talk about this goal and obviously Nino Niederreiter's giveaway stands out, but also there's an aggressive forecheck on Brendan Dillon by Alex Kerfoot, who gets the assist on this goal, right? So you got to give Kerfoot a credit. Uh, credit, you know, former Avalanche, former Toronto Maple Leaf. He's a solid player, like a middle six forward, good kind of energy guy. He's not going to necessarily show up on the score sheet every night. So again, we talked about it. Like the Coyotes were aggressive. They were forechecking. They were skating. They were being pests. They had the pressure on the Jets. And, you know, the Jets were, I think they got a little bit cocky. Like they had the swagger after the Gabe Velarde goal to put them up 3-1 in the first period. Uh, But for big parts of the second and especially the third, it was all Coyotes. And on this goal, I mean, you know, it again, it goes back to what I was joking about with it being existential. We're breaking down all the goals here. The Jets end up getting the two points, so who cares? But again, the coaches care. You gotta oh, yeah. you, you That's gotta why believe. they do video review after well, every exactly. game. And and it's not gonna be like, you know, I don't think Rick Bonus and Scott O'Neill are gonna, you know, uh, you know, ask Nino Niederreiter to come into their office and explain to him what happened. I mean, he knows what, like, his reaction after this goal was scored. And Nino Niederreiter is a good defensive player. This is very uncharacteristic. Again, this is the whole point of the show is that we have to break these goals down and talk about them. And, you know, the attention to detail just wasn't there. We talked about the Shifley giveaway in the first period. Uh, you know, we talked about, you know, how the Jets couldn't clear the puck on the Michelli goal, the, the second goal that made it a one-goal game. And again, so I, you know, we're we're not going to spend too much more time on it, but you know, that's a that's a self-inflicted goal, is what I would say. And there were self-inflicted goals in the in the Chicago game. There were self-inflicted goals in the Calgary game, and those those are the types of things that will really hurt you. You're not going to be able to beat teams like Dallas and Carolina if you do that. I would agree with that. And then the game does go to overtime. Both teams had some opportunities. I think of Nate Schmidt getting uh, having a good opportunity uh, that uh, Connor Ingram made the save on. And then there were a couple of saves that Connor Hellebuck made where he was stretched all the way out uh, as well. But three all going into overtime. And for the second consecutive night, the opponents get the clean face-off win uh, uh, off of the overtime winner. Big thank you to Stan Scott. He, as again, the rules are pretty clear on the post-game show. If you generously provide us with funds, we will highlight your comment and we will say thank you very much. It's completely not necessary, but at the same time, it is very much appreciated. So I can buy a you, pack Stan. of cigarettes now. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, no, you don't smoke anymore. Please, please stop. You, it's been a long time. When's the last time you bought a pack of smokes? Oh, well, before I have, I've had kids. Yeah, exactly. It's been a long time since you've it's probably been like seven or eight years. 
there you go. So it's been a long time. Those lungs of yours are back to being in tip-top shape, I'm sure. They're definitely not foggy or There's anything along right. those lines. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> exactly. The wheezing has, isn't from smoking anymore. It's from other reasons altogether. So thank you, Stan, for that. Um, Coyotes win the opening face-off. They come in with a great opportunity, and Connor Hellebuck makes a great save, and then the Coyotes manage to take two of their own guys out on the play, leading to the Jets on a three-on-one and it's Shifley to Morrissey to Connor, and he got all of this shot. He may not have had all the first goal, but he got all this shot, beating Connor Ingram and giving the Jets the 4-3 overtime victory 33 seconds into the extra period. Did I hear that that's his 10th overtime winner of his career? Probably I think, wouldn't I think be. Dan Robertson said that was his 10th overtime winner, which is incredible for a guy who's uh, 26, 27 years old, right? Like, Connor is just clutch, and this is when I get to be very positive. I know there's some people in the chat, uh, you know, that haven't liked my negativity tonight or how I've been hard on the Jets. Guys, maybe it's because I have a four and a five year old, and I've had a really <laughs> long weekend. Okay, like I'm just a, I'm just a. <laughs> he's a shell of himself, folks. Exactly. Like, think about I'm, the games he's done. He's done Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're not used yeah. to seeing Ezzy back to back. I'm just a soulless parent. Okay, I was at River Heights Community Center for three hours today. My kids had skating lessons, and then then they wanted to stay on the ice for the full hour of family skating. So I was bending over. I was sweating. Look, I have a sore back. I'm 41 years old. <laughs> You know, I'm soulless at this point. So that's why I've been negative. But on this particular goal, I can be all positive here. Connor Hellbuck, great save. Sean Dersey, you know, Drew, I mentioned this. I, I thought that, you know, LA was going to keep him. I've always liked him. I think Dersey's got the wheels. He's a good top four defenseman on any team as far as I'm concerned. So Hellebuck makes a great save on Dersey. And then you mentioned Dersey and Nick Schmaltz, I believe it was. They collide. Jets go back on the three-on-one. And then when it's Shifley and Connor, it's all money. Uh, and, you know, Connor... Second overtime goal in as many games. Just incredible. So even though the Jets had a pretty poor second and third period, they end up getting the two points. That's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. They win games when they probably shouldn't have. And we're going to give Connor Hellebuck, I'm, I'm making the call right now, we're going to give Connor Hellebuck the first star. That's oh. right. I'm giving him the first star of this game. I didn't even know you had that uh, power or the authority to do so. But I think we should give him the first star just for that Mateus Michelli save in the second period alone. Well, I don't, I don't know who picked the stars tonight. It wasn't us, because uh, as you folks can obviously tell, Dave M. is not around to do so. Uh, Shifley was the first star. Gabe Velarde was the second. And Nick Schmaltz was the third. So uh, despite... Hey, Chad, back me up here. How does Hellebuck not get a star in that game? What did well, he have, 34 saves? I mean, he was uh, incredible. He, he would have had... Uh, no, he had 29 saves tonight. So they, Okay, well, that was a little bit high there, but he was really good. Well, you know, what can you say? Ezzy, you're going to have to call somebody up and uh, you know, rattle some cages or something. Regardless, it's a 4-3 victory for the Winnipeg Jets, an all-important win for the team. It's a winning weekend for the Jets as they managed to get all four points that they needed to get. We remind everyone, Thursday night coming up, this coming Thursday, Leap Day Thursday, the Illegal Curve live on location Leap Day party at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Join us. We're going to watch the Jets and the Dallas Stars. Then we're going to do a, a live edition of the post-game show. So mark it in your calendar Thursday night, this coming Thursday, 7 p.m., Boston Pizza, Taylor Avenue, the Illegal Curve Leap Day party, a party so big it only happens every four 
years. That has been the Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Drew, we're just going to leave that comment from Kenny's water bottle up for the rest of the show. Thank you for backing me up, Kenny. We are taking these performances by Hellebuck for granted, uh, especially Marty Broder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's it was good that we had Marty B. Ron on the show. So obviously people saw Marty Broder's, uh, what I'll describe him as, interesting comments regarding the top five goaltenders. If anybody thinks Marty Broder spent more than five seconds thinking about that <laughs> list, he literally looked at, like, he probably looked at the wins leaders in the NHL. Like, And it's like you said, Drew, why is Marty Broder like? Why is he even coming out with the top? That that that's the funniest thing to me was like it, the funniest part of it was that he didn't put any of his own goalies on that list. Well, I mean, have you seen his own goalies on the Devils this year? You can't yeah, put exactly. them on any list at all. Uh, it's going to be a blank in the sixth end because Rachel Homan is an absolute machine. Uh, an uh, raise takeout spills the house and it keeps it wide open. Jen is just going to be able to throw it right through, and it's going to be uh, barring some sort of uh, disaster. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a clean end. It's going to be. Jen Jones with hammer after six, still trailing 3-1 in the Scotties final. When we come back, we'll do the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Some comments from Rick Bonus. We'll wrap this up so we can all go watch the Scotties together. It's a Sunday evening. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsberg, the Illegal Curve post-game show rolls on on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home. Or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza. Powered by Fanalytics. Do you guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free if you use the code Illegal Curve. Free? What is this? Sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code Illegal Curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni! Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code ILLEGALCURVE, all one word, to park for free. The game can change ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? 
Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environment. Even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 8.46 Sunday evening, the Illegal Curve post-game show rolls on. Drew Mandel, Ezra Ginsburg. I don't think we've spent this much time one-on-one with each other in a long, long time, Mr. Ginsburg. It's been a fun weekend. The weekend of Drew and Ezzy. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Who needs Manouk? He can stay wherever the hell he is. We'll just keep that, keep this thing rolling all the way through. Are we going to talk about the wonderful wedding show or not? Yeah, well, you can discuss it if you want. You see, I knew I was that proud you of you. I like, I like seeing that. I like seeing Drew. You know, promoting yeah, yeah. rumors. I like that. I, you know what? I actually I posted it on Instagram I and I texted you. Uh, but no, I think I thought you you were great. Thank you. I came out of nowhere. I had no idea that I was like literally. I was waiting. Uh, I was at the wonderful wedding show today earlier, representing rumors as I frequently do, as you all folks all know. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, just before the doors were about to open, one of the representatives from the wonderful wedding show came up to me and said, "Here, I'm going to record you saying something, so I can post it on our social media platform." So she gave me really no advance warning, no. So I had to do that uh, right off the cuff. For, fortunately, I have a little bit of experience of speaking uh, ex- extemporaneously, as I do on this show on a regular basis. So that. That's why I produced uh, that clip that I did. I'm fortunate that Manuk's not here because Dave has the capability or the know-how to actually show that clip to everybody. Oh yeah, he would have he would have that on TikTok. He would have had that on Instagram. He would have had like a whole. He would have basically had a whole bit around that. But no, honestly, I thought you did great. I mean, uh, representing rumors very well. I like it. Thank you very much. I do. I do my part every now and then. You know, like I was talking about yesterday. It's all about sales. It's all about you know being in front of people and talking to them and appealing to them and communicating with them and treating them uh, in a manner in which uh, they are going to you know, hopefully support your business. And that's a life lesson for anybody that's selling anything not related, you know, not specific to any particular it's industry. It's always about people. What do you hear? It's always, it's all about people. It's all about connections. It's it, that's, that's no the relationships. It's, it's just about business. relationships. Yeah. Right. You're more likely to want to do business at, with somebody that you have a relationship with. That's all it is. In any event, we don't need Last to Last time I checked, I mean, nobody yeah. nobody likes watching sports with nobody in the stands. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. at the end of the day, it's the fans that I think, you know, make, you know, obviously, you know, the athletes on the field or athletes on the ice 
or you know in this case comedians on the stage but at the end of the day you need to have an audience don't you you do you definitely need to have an audience here there's no question about that at all uh sean monahan sick as we know uh, according to john lou rick bonus said that sean monahan's illness hit him after arriving at the rink this afternoon he wasn't well enough to suit up and he was sent home as a result to uh, feel better his status is undetermined for Tuesday's game versus the St. Louis Blues. So clearly it seems like there's probably something going through the Winnipeg Jets dressing room as uh, Morgan Barron uh, was also uh, ill, remember, we remember, on the road trip. So probably something going through there right now, and hopefully the Jets will rid it uh, from the from their systems. Uh, hopefully Sean Monaghan just went to Shopper's Drug Mart and picked up a little Dayquil, and he should be fine. Yes, I would. Uh, hopefully, that's what he did. Something along those lines. Uh, here's a couple of comments uh, that I found interesting in the post-game media availabilities. Mark Shifley. Uh, this is courtesy of Murata Tesh of the Athletic. Here's Mark Shifley on improving the five-on-five defense. We've just got to shut things down earlier. When you let teams spread you out and handle the puck, you've got to find areas to cut it off and end their offensive game when you have guys in vulnerable areas. Uh, you know, to that effect, Rick Bonus sort of uh, mentioned in on in that sequence, and we're of course talking about the Michelli goal because that was an ugly sequence. Uh, on that shift in particular, if you look at it, the Jets. This is what Rick Bonus had to say: We didn't eliminate anybody; we were just stick checking everybody everybody so they're saying you know there's a way you got to cut it off before it becomes more of a problem than you can handle uh rick bonus also saying that it's not just the top line uh responsibility for when they get hemmed in it's not just the three forwards there's five of them out there too it's not just on the forwards the d has to help them out a little bit there too so rick bonus sort of uh, shielding that top line and spreading the blame out a little bit to all the players who were on the ice. Um, more from G- Mark Shifley talking about Gabe Velarde. He's a smart player and he knows his angles. He's making sure he knows where guys' sticks are and what options there are. He made some tremendous plays today. He's so talented in front of the net. More Mark Shifley on Gabe Velarde. He just has a lot of options. He can go so many ways with it. When you have options, and previously he just hit a guy back door, it makes it a tough read for the goalie and a lot of guys. So there's some comments post-game. A lot of these quotes, courtesy Murata Tesh of The Athletic, who certainly does us a favor. Yes. Them out so we can use them here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thank you, Murata, as always. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, right? Like, you know, for most of this season, we've been talking about how, you know, the the Jets' power play, it's just astounding how they've struggled. Yeah. And then now it's the five-on-five play, specifically defensively, that we're concerned about. And now the power play is scoring one or two goals every night, right? So, I mean, look, I, I think, like I said before, I think the Jets will be fine. But I think that there's just some things that they need to clean up. And they're going to have, a, you know, a day of practice. And then they're going to have St. Louis on the road. Jets and Blues have have a lot have had a lot of close games over the years, including mm-hmm. a playoff series. And then you've got Dallas, and then you've got Boston. Then basically, you're going to have a game every second day. So this is going to be you know make or break in terms of where they finish in the Central. It's not make or break in terms. The Jets are comfortably in the playoff spot. No the worst they're going to finish is third in in the Central. Nobody's catching them. 
for third in the central, but it's really just a question of where they're going to finish first, second, or third. Um, so again, I mean, yeah, big win, and it was almost a sellout crowd at Canada Life Centre. So with all of this negativity surrounding the attendance and everything like that, it was nice to see almost sellout crowd. And, and you know, fans went home with a with an overtime win, but it was definitely one of those kind of bite your nail uh, situations in the third period because you know, like we said, the Coyotes could have easily got the clean two points in regulation. Yeah, but they didn't, and the Jets will run away with their two points in the overtime period. We'll wrap up tonight's post-game show, as we always do, with the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. The Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. Who's getting the toque? I'm going to give it to John Rock. Maybe because that is just an unbelievable name. That sounds like that could be like just a like a, a movie star name or a yeah. rock star name. It's also the name of my dad. So John is just a, a Your solid dad's name is John rock, not John rock. My dad's first name, I should say is I John. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a solid uh, biblical name. So let's get it out there right now. Get out to a quick lead coast, conserve energy, energy for the good teams and then finish them off quickly in OT and feeling really <laughs> good going into next game played to perfection. Just I love like that it. one because I mean, it's kind of true, right? Like yeah. it reminds me of that 2017, 18 season when basically the Jets just won every single game. A lot of those games they deserved to win, but a lot of them, it was on the backs of Connor Hellebuck's excellent goaltending. And just the fact that they had more talent, than most other teams. Certainly tonight, the Jets had more talent than the Coyotes on the ice, even though the Coyotes put together a a great effort tying the game up. So, John, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or you can slide into my DMs on Twitter slash X at ICSEG with your mailing info. And then once you send me your mailing info, I send it to Tough Tuck, and they ship out a toque to you. It's a well-oiled machine we have going when it comes to Tough Duck hardest-hitting comments. Congratulations to John Rock and appreciate Tough Duck and their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We support, we appreciate the support of all of our great sponsors and all of our great fans who join us on a regular basis here to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. We'll next do it on Tuesday night, but of course, a shout-out at first to all of our sponsors. That's our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club grid park use code illegal curve to park for free linden market dental center zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's Rolly's transfer and farmery beer support these fine businesses for their continued support of illegal curve hockey it's thanks to them and their support and your support that we're able to do this friday night saturday morning saturday night and coming up again on tuesday after the jets and the st louis blues so if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast leave us feedback Leave us feedback here. Leave us feedback there. Leave us feedback everywhere. We want to know what you think of the Illegal Curve post-game show and the Illegal Curve hockey show. Um, Should I stall? Watch Jen Jones' final shot here in the seventh end. She's drawing against two Homan Stones, and it's going to be hopefully a draw for one. And if it's not, it might be game over. Uh, At the Scotties in Calgary, the Rock is 
on its way down the sheet of ice. I don't know if I'm violating YouTube copyrights by doing live play-by-play here on curling. It's entirely possible. But nonetheless, they're brushing it in the final seconds of the shot. It looks like it's going to be on point. It is a hit and a stick, and it's one Manitoba shot for one point, Manitoba trails 3-2 right on. through seven ends. Go, Jen. Scotties. Go watch the end of the Scotties, folks. I'm going to go do so, as he's maybe going to go do so as I'm well. I'm going to watch it. I am going to watch it. There, go. there he's going. Go, he's Manitoba, go baby. It. There you go. Go, Manitoba. Go, Team Jen Jones. What a great story it will be. We'll talk about it on Tuesday night. Until then, thanks to everyone for joining us. For Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Tuesday at around 9.45 p.m., we wish you good night. We wish you good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.